0: You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever, with your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lou Need, and today, I have the privilege of introducing a very special guest to the show, Jess Davidoff. Now, she is a serial entrepreneur, founder and CEO of COVE. I don't want to give it away, but she designed this amazing tool that will help your most intimate space at home, your closet. Okay. So (laughs) uh, with no further ado, Jess, welcome to the show. Amazing. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's such an honor. As a serial entrepreneur, I know you've had multiple businesses, but right now we're talking about Cove. But tell us about how that journey began. When did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah.
1: So I actually started my first business when I was 22. I was working at my first job after university, which was at an SAT prep company. And it happened to be the year that the SAT changed. And I had this hypothesis that a lot of kids would want to take the ACT. And I really wanted to write ACT prep curriculum. So I went to the owner of the business. And I said, I want to write new curriculum. I think this is going to be big. He told me I was crazy. And (laughs) that no one would ever take the ACT in New York. So I quit and I never told I never talked to anyone about the decision. I just quit on the spot. I found myself a bartending job um, and I bartended at night and wrote this curriculum during the day for six months, and then I launched my business and it really took off. So many students were taking the ACT and it just grew really organically from there. And then that was really the start of my entrepreneurial journey. I went on to start two additional companies that were acquired. And then after that third one was acquired, I set up a brand incubation and growth studio that allowed me mm-hmm. to work with creative founders to launch their businesses. Yeah. And then Cove happens to be the first brand of my own that has gone through my Easton Ray kind of brand incubation
0: process. Look at that. <laughs> and all your businesses have been acquired, bought off. Yeah. So, so my first one, I sold
1: part of the curriculum um, to a publisher. The other two that I started were acquired. The whole business was acquired. And then with the brand incubation studio, none of the brands have been mine aside from Cove. So I've worked on launching beauty brands, fashion, accessories, uh, spirits brands. But it's usually a founder comes to me and then we have this business in a box service that takes them from idea to launch. And then they kind of like take it off into the world. And I stay on board as a a strategic growth advisor.
0: Oh, that is super nice. So you are naturally just creative. It's easy for you to come up with ideas or see the big picture and then give them the tools to um, execute. Yeah, yeah. It's been
1: really awesome because I feel like... It allows me to have creativity, but also allows me to kind of incorporate a lot of math and finance, which is something I I love. And I love teaching people about, but at the same time, which is really cool.
0: Very nice. And so now we have Cove. Mm -hmm. Tell us what is Cove and the genius behind it. So
1: Cove is a brand where we're creating products for the hidden spaces in your home, starting with your closet. And the first product that we launched is a garment hanger that I patented that allows you to hang long dresses on the short rack of your closet. And I had that idea because I live in Manhattan, and no matter what kind of apartment you live in, you're never going to have enough closet space. Um, and I happen to wear a lot of long dresses and my half of the closet, which I share with my husband, was always yeah. a disaster because with long dresses, you know, I didn't have a long hanging space. And so I was hanging them on the top rack. They would like hang over the front. I tried putting them behind and then they were getting snagged by the other hangers. (laughs) I tried hanging them on the bottom rack and they'd get totally wrinkled on the floor or covered in dust. So I was like, this is crazy. Like so many people have long dresses. How are there no hangers on the market? And so I started... (laughs) toying around on my friend's 3D printer and created a couple of prototypes. And then I ended up writing the patent. Um, I worked with an attorney to help me with that. And then once I got the patent, I started to look for manufacturing partners to help take it to market. And so we did a soft launch in April and then the full launch in June of this year. So it's still... A little, uh, a new company, and we're we're so excited about it. And we have a lot of ideas for other products for more of the hidden spaces in your home to be launching in 2023. How's the market
0: responding to this idea?
1: People love it. Like it's so funny to get these comments from people like, "Oh my god, this is genius." Um and it's so so special to just hear from people who are like, "I've needed this. How did nobody come up with this before?" And we actually just yesterday won the good housekeeping award for our for the, their organizing and cleaning awards, which was so awesome. And they have such incredible reviewers on their panel who are just such rock stars and like hearing their comments was just like so special.
0: Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you so much. And yeah, that that's, that is a, a great idea. You're right. A lot of people do have maxi. Women have maxi dresses. Yeah,
1: they're honestly so easy. You don't have to like match, you know, things. You don't have to think about two pieces.
0: It's just like one and done. And it's like super comfy. <laughs> Accessorize it with a pair of earrings or a belt, and you' good to go. Put a jean jacket over it. Yeah. Put on some heels. Exactly. <laughs> so, tell us tell us about maxi dresses. These summer um, long dresses. How can that enhance one's femininity? Um, you know, so I personally
1: love dresses. I feel like they're just like so fun and easy and versatile like you can wear it to the beach you can wear it to a really nice dinner you can wear it while running around playing with your kids because you know you are you don't have to worry about like shorts you know or a short dress like flying up and so I think that they're just like really special and if you kind of like look back like historically like you know women's wear originated with these like long dresses mm-hmm. and they kind of got shorter over time but it really like has this like very like timeless quality to
0: it elegance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes, exactly, quite elegant um and it it shows that that respect that that self appreciation and self love I think comes through when yeah. you have that on. yeah Yeah. um so as an as a serial entrepreneur i'm sure it wasn't all roses along Mm -hmm. the way (laughs) (laughs) so uh, talk to us about some of the challenges that you encounter in overcoming. yeah i mean i think
1: every business i've started has had so many challenges like And I think that for me personally, first of all, I think you learn so much from making the mistake yourself because it's like, Mm -hmm. once you make a mistake, whatever it is, whether you're a little kid and you like touch something super hot and you know, like, oh, I can't touch the stove vent, you know, and like, you will Mm -hmm. never make that mistake again to running a business. Like I'll never name my company something without making sure I own the patent, you know, or own the Mm -hmm. trademark for it. So I think mistakes are important for learning. But I also feel like when you're starting a business, most of the time you're going to hear no, like... All the time, and I think that that couldn't can be really discouraging for people. But over the past almost two decades, which is crazy, of running businesses, (laughs) I think that I've come to be motivated by the word "no," and I almost like hearing it because it kind of gives me that little nudge to want to prove someone wrong. And it's like I have a ton of internal motivation, but hearing someone who's like "no" is never going to work. And it's like, okay, watch me, you know. And it gives you that swagger of like, I'm gonna person wrong. So I kind of like that. But I think the mistakes, it's just like, I think having advisors is important. So you're not like constantly making super costly mistakes. But I think, you know, mistakes are inherent in just growing as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, they help you fail forward. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They help you get better. They help you learn because you have to know failure to know success. You can't be successful without it, honestly. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Any businesses. So any for you, any encounters that you've had with the different businesses in terms of relationship wise that you've had to manage and people that you had to cut off or bring on. You talk about advisory boards and needing to have them on your side so you're not making these huge costly mistakes. What about the opposite effect?
1: Yeah, so I think you know, the I think the hardest thing for entrepreneurs is figuring out the right people to surround yourself with and mm-hmm. you're never gonna get it right from the get-go. And so I think, you know, the most challenging thing for me is I am a huge people person. I usually like fall in love with people who as soon as I meet them and want them to be lifelong friends. And I think when you're starting a business, a lot of people think of their business and their colleagues as family. And they'll often even mm-hmm. refer to like we're a family. And when you think about that, I think it's great, but like I'm never firing my cousin. I'm never kicking my cousin <laughs> out of family. I'm never going to tell my son, like, all right, you're out of here. Yeah. So I think by thinking about your company as a family makes it really hard to be objective with relationships. And I think the biggest lesson I learned with relationships is that... Sometimes when you're starting a business, your business is going to change drastically when you go from yourself as a solo founder to three people, from three people up to 10 people, from 10 people to 30 people. And that person that was with you as employee number 1, you know when you get to employee number 30, even though they were your right hand, they might not have the skill set of managing, you know, an eight person team even though they were the first employee. So I think it's really important to kind of allow people to evolve as your company is evolving Mm -hmm. and be really transparent with them along the way to make sure feelings don't get hurt, toes don't get stepped on. But at the same time, you're not doing something that's going to have a negative impact on your business by keeping someone in like a super leadership role who doesn't have the skill set, which will frustrate other people at the company and it'll kind of hinder your growth.
0: Yeah, assess their their skill set. Mm-hmm, exactly, assess the skill set to see if it is um, still a good fit or if the business can grow with them. Because you know, Jim Rohn says, "When you grow, your business grow. So, as you, the entrepreneurs growing, you want to ensure the people around you are growing as well. Yeah, to to level up. Per se, mm-hmm.
1: exactly, a hundred percent. I think you know, especially for younger people who were there from the get go and took a huge risk by joining you, you need to think about how you can also train them and teach them and give them the learning opportunities to grow and not just continue doing what they were doing, but also not you know throw them in the deep end without knowing how to swim.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your growth process. Let's talk about the habits, the principles that you have in place. Like, how do you get up, dress up and show up to continue to maintain this level of creativity, but to continue to keep producing at this optimum level?
1: So I am a very big proponent of like constantly thinking about North Stars. Like I don't necessarily love the idea of a goal But I do think that, like, there should be, like, a North Star, like, a theme of, like, what's your most important aspect of your life right now? And realizing that it's going to evolve and change every year. And so I do these monthly check-ins with myself on the first of every month talking to myself, okay, like, what are my North Stars? And I write out, like, all of my most important things of, like, how I want to spend my day, how I want to really cultivate my week, and really check in with myself, like, am I doing all of those things that I know will bring me the most happiness? And so, you know, I think one of the things that you can do, like, with an entrepreneur, and I made this mistake... Several companies ago, is when you're in those early days. There's no shortage of tasks. Like you can literally stay up till three in the morning every night, wake up at seven, and like you'll still never finish. Mm -hmm. And you'll never take a break. But at the end of the day. I was doing that and I wasn't working out. I was ordering takeout all the time. I wasn't cooking. I wasn't walking. I was like sitting in my, you know, apartment or my office. And I was realizing like, wow, like I'm kind of not happy, even though my company is doing so well. And then I really started to like dive into what I personally need. Like, what are my personal deal breakers in order to make me happy? Because if I'm not happy, then even as hard as I work on my company, it'll all fall apart because I'm just going to get burnt out. So I think putting up those guardrails is really important right now. You know, in my personal journey, I have a three and a half year old son. And so my North star is being able to have the autonomy over my schedule. So like Mm -hmm. I won't take on opportunities that are going to like be super rigid with my schedule because I love spending time with him and being super present and being able to like shut my email and phone off during those hours, and so that's my, you know, current North Star. When he's 10 or 13, you know, and he wants nothing to do with me because I'm not gonna be cool <laughs> anymore. Like, then my North Star is probably gonna change. So I think you need to kind of say, like, what is working for me? What do I need right now? How do I need to evolve? Like before him, I would wake up every morning at 425 in the morning. I had like an extensive morning routine, and that's just not feasible now, because now he needs me. As well. So Mm -hmm. I also think like you have to pay attention to where you are in your life.
0: The different seasons that you're in and be adaptable and then be able to adjust as you've been doing. Yeah. To keep it going. I'm sure you'll never think you're not cool. You'll always want to hang out with you. Okay. okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put that into the universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, the morning, the realizing that self-assessment, right? Like what do I need? And for you, you needed to kind of get going, get moving. And uh, adjusting to not just being so focused on growing the business, but like, how do I stay healthy? So that yeah. if you have longevity. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm glad you shared that. Um, anything else about your morning routine? Like what do you currently do? Are you working out? You're meditating, you're journaling, what what's up? <laughs> yeah, so
1: for me, my morning routine is is very different now that you know I have mm-hmm. a son, but basically I'll wake up like a little bit before him, like 30 minutes before him, and I do kind of just like more thoughtful work from bed, like That usually is writing. I have like a lot of, I feel like I have a lot of creativity in the morning. So whether it's working on, like I have a book idea that I'm working on. So just whether it's like taking 20 minutes of like writing for that, or if I have like a newsletter I wanna write, or I'm trying to write, you know, a deck, or if I'm doing a talk, like that's my time for writing because I have a lot of creative juices flowing. And so I'll do a lot of writing. If I'm just like not feeling the flow, I often will just read. Because I think that that gets my my juices going, mm-hmm. and then honestly, my morning is all about just like love and being super present. So like I don't check my phone, I don't check my email, I don't check social media in the morning. And as soon as my son wakes up, and like it's all just about like being all about him. And so we do tons yeah. of stuff in the morning. So we read a lot of books, we do puzzles we will you know make breakfast together he's like very into cooking so we'll make muffins pancakes oatmeal ah, like really into like working together and then my favorite part of my morning routine is music so i think starting my day with music is really important and so my son is also really into into music which is not surprising cuz i am and so now he like DJs our morning like what's our (laughs) what's our morning music today and so it's like it's really cool to kind of see what he's in the mood for and like how it's going to impact my day and then when I get him off to either school or camp then I have like some of my alone time and that's where I'll like make my coffee or my tea like sit down and really kind of like start on my like quiet time. I don't like to do calls or meetings in the morning cuz I feel like that's when I'm just like really like insular and I'm like I have all my thoughts on my head that I want to get out and then it allows me to transition into more social work in the the afternoons. But I also really firmly believe that your morning Is going to be awesome based on like what you did the night before. So, like in my mind, like my morning routine actually starts the night before when I like organize all my tasks for the next day. So I wake up and I'm not like (gasps) overwhelmed, like, oh my god, I have all this stuff to do. It's like, no, I mapped it out. Like, I know when I'm gonna get it done. I know like if there is this kind of like fire that I didn't get done yesterday, like I can get it done, and like it's all it's all planned out. And so I'm like a big planner. I use Asana for all yeah. my management. And it's like I do all of that at night right before I go to bed. So it's like I go to bed with like a super clear head. So when I wake up in the morning, it's kind of like I know what I have to do for the day. It's going to be there as soon as my son goes off to school or camp. I'll get to it. But like it allows me to know that like I can have those like nice two hours of just like Love
0: and like enjoy. Them. Yeah, I, I love that. I like that you put it that way. It's just a moment of love, but you're yeah. setting the intention. You're setting yeah. the intention, like this is what I want to experience, and you're executing yeah. on it.
1: And I, I really do believe that a lot of parents' frustration, like especially working parents' frustration with kids, stems from the fact that they're trying to multitask, and I feel like. That's the recipe for disaster. Like if you're trying to like bang out some emails on your phone while like your kid is sitting next to you eating breakfast and they're like asking you like why Jupiter is so big, you know, and you're like, and then you get frustrated. But it's like, no, 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 no. Like he doesn't know like what you're doing on your phone. And like you need to kind of decide like this is mommy time where I'm in my mommy mode. And like, this is my time when I'm in my like work mode. And if I like allow myself that true separation, then you can like, just like allow your kid to sort of like guide you and like their brains are just magic. And like, they ask you so many <laughs> cool questions, hearing their thought process is just like, is incredible. So it's like the best way to start your day. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, let's think about like, all of the stars and, and why shooting star is called a shooting star like this morning he was like really into planet so
0: <laughs> yeah it's beautiful I'm expecting my, my husband and I are expecting our first we'll be about uh, like, 10 weeks left so this wow. is advice to me this is advice and, to me going yeah. to the hood side I'm yeah. like be intentional with your time <laughs> as an entrepreneur yeah, like, separate like be like
1: really separate it's like if you're in mommy mode like just be 100% Because it's like if you're having, trying to have like an adult conversation, you know, with a friend or with a husband while your child is there, they don't get it. And so then you're frustrated because you can't like get your thoughts out, but like they're there. So it's like you just have to pick and choose. And like, this is my time with my son, this is my time or daughter. And this is my time where I'm working, this is
0: my time for my husband. And I think like compartmentalizing is really important. So Jess, you're telling me once they get their fix of your attention, they'll let you do other things.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like because then he's like into solo play. So then it's like, oh, mommy has to jump on a work call, you know, and I homeschooled him for a year. So he had to be understanding. So then it's like, okay, and he'll sit there and he'll like he has these little trucks and he'll like talk to them and he'll create like a whole (laughs) imaginary like playing you know storyline with them or he'll like work on a puzzle by himself or he'll color but i think if you don't give them that time that they're craving then it's like they're just gonna like pull 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 until yeah. they get it. and then what they're gonna get is like you but not your best self you're gonna be like the frustrated bomb
0: <laughs> yeah and it's important to show up for them right so show up what? to show up as your best self and i know. i can I can tap, definitely understand that because I hung out with my sister's kids. She has three of them, and we got up and did morning routines. And that's something they didn't do. They don't do it without, without me being there. And yeah, they're getting up and says, "What are we? When are we going to get our day started?" You know, we're going to journal. We're going to work out. We're going to have breakfast. Yeah. and that attention, like you said, was sufficient. They just needed giving them that time, play with them, and then they will do. They will entertain each other off um uh, Place to solo yeah.
1: play. Yeah, it's so true. It's like I can get in, like, once I give him his time and feed him breakfast, like, I will, like, then, like, in my time after my coffee, it's like full on, like, I do my
0: workout, like, the whole thing. And it's nice. And the morning routine does help you to show up for him. It helps you show up for your clients, it helps you up, show up for your business, your husband. And it's important to it, like, have that solo time. For you, it's, you know, the half hour getting your creativity out, but it preps you you for yeah. what the day is yeah, going to bring I love, your way. I
1: love that time of just,
0: like, writing and, like...
1: And I, it, I sometimes I write about just, like, personal journals, but I think it's just, like, for me, like, words are my passion, so it's, like, writing and, like, putting it all out there, I think, is great. Writing is a form of meditation. You know, I was reading about that, like, written meditation, and it's, like, it's really... It's so interesting. It
0: allows you to focus. I do meditate,
1: but I like to meditate after my workout because I feel like at that point, I have like all the like good juices flowing and it's like, and then I can like fully relax and like- <laughs> Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I can't wait it me. all in. Yeah, take all the happy hormones with serotonin and you'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Jess, tell me, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you?
1: So I'm online. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Jess Davidoff. I'm on Instagram as Jess B Davidoff. And then my brand. So you can find Cove on any platform at Create Your Cove or at createyourcove.com. And then for my brand incubation studio, we're uh, Easton Ray, which is uh, R-A-E.com or Easton Ray Brands on Instagram.
0: No, very, very fantastic. Thank you for sharing with us. We really enjoyed your presence. Thank you for coming.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This is such a great
0: conversation. Awesome. all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.